Hello and welcome back to Groovecast. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> uh, th uh, welcome back to the uh, podcast for the rhythm section with me, Ashley Walker. And me, Charlie Smith. And um, today we're uh, doing a very special episode, aren't we, Charlie? We are, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube. Of course, you can't see if you're listening. But we are teaming some very, very fetching uh, Christmas attire. Yeah, very tasteful. And... and uh, we're going to have a bit of fun today and talk about some of our favourite Christmas songs. However, uh, you know, as is the way with most of these things, it is actually probably two months before Christmas when we're actually <laughs> recording this. So <laughs> the sun's out and it's shining lovely. So Yeah, boiling. <laughs> roasting. Yeah, <laughs> chestnuts roasting. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, getting ready for this uh, episode, we were just both thinking about some of our uh, favourite sort of musical Christmas memories and some gigs that we've done. And uh, I know there were some stories that I was reminded of, and I know you've done a few nice little Christmas gigs, Charlie. I wondered if you wanted to share any to get us in the Christmas mood. Yeah, uh, I've done a few few over the years. Uh, I did a lovely Christmas Eve one at a hotel a couple of years ago. That was very nice, got very pampered. Yeah. Uh, even as a musician, it was great. <laughs> and uh, I did a few, uh, the, the Christmas before uh, the pandemic started, over in uh, Blackpool, just doing some corporate things and had a, a very nice incident on the way there uh, for, I think it was the either the penultimate gig or the New Year's Eve gig, where we got three quarters of the way there and the poor singer uh, re realised that he'd forgotten his iPad, <laughs> which... I ordinarily wouldn't have been a bad thing, but of course, the way that modern technology is, that iPad controlled the mixing desk. <laughs> so it was, uh, that was a frantic 10 minutes to find a, uh, I think it was either a Curry's or a Carphone warehouse or something to go in and buy a, uh, a tablet at last minute to be able to do the gig, even though we were two hours from home. So that was amusing. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but this year's kind of be a bit different. So, uh, for me, at least, because I'm going and doing pantomime, which I know Ashley's done before, but it'll be oh, a first no, for me. Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, throwing it over back to you, you uh, Christmas jester. Uh, yeah. Tell us about some of your gigs. Yeah, uh, I've done a couple of Christmassy gigs um, with my own band, and uh, there's a, one or two stories that I'll save for later because we can link them in. Um, with the songs that uh, we're talking about, but um, tenuous links, we yeah, like tenuous link. <laughs> but um, the one that uh, springs to mind for me is a light switch on gig we did uh, quite a few years ago, um, and getting very excited about it because it, uh, working with a sound company that we'd heard of before and thought it was going to be an excellent gig, and all our friends and family and teachers were going to go and watch us. And then, uh, obviously, the disappointment when we turn up and realise that there's three mics to split between a five-piece band, which includes a full drum kit, two singers, and two guitarists. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was very interesting. And I'd like to say, now I'm much more experienced with um, helping to set up the drum kit and everything, but obviously, um, uh, well, at the time, I, I, wasn't sh I didn't really know what we should prioritize and for whatever reason they decided to put the one mic they had for the drum kit on the kick drum so you know playing stuff like runaway baby with <laughs> just force the bar kick drum behind you um and i think at the end of the gig i might have even introduced the drummer as the kick drum player or something like that and um yeah not exactly the the big gig we were hoping for but we had a laugh with it and you, know, you win some and you lose some and the show Too must true. go on. The show must go on, as they say. <laughs> but um, Absolutely. But I think uh, the main theme we're going to go for today, we were having a, a think of what we could do to get us in the Christmas spirit. And we thought, what better way, seeing what a stellar success the last top five was, we're going to change it up a little bit um, and a little bit less formatted. But we're going to talk about five of our... Uh, favorite Christmas songs and five Christmas songs we'd like you to listen to and know about as well if if you don't already. Yes, yeah, so that's five picks each, so ten in total. Yeah. So you could be coming away from here with a Christmas playlist to rule all playlists. Yeah. Um. And yeah, we've kind of 
uh, chosen them with thinking about groove, thinking about just good songs, good arrangements. Um, yeah, and I wondered uh, if you want to kick us off with your your first uh, pick. Yeah, so uh, in no particular order for for this particular uh, these particular picks. Yeah. Uh, we my first one would be uh, I'm sure we'd all agree a complete classic, but um, uh, "Merry Christmas Everybody" by Slade. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's one of those songs that kind of you can't escape from every year and for that reason I think it's always been one of my favourites and of course it got Slade always had a really good rhythm section so we had Don Powell on drums and Jim Lee on bass and you know I mean Merry Christmas Everybody's just an upbeat feel good shuffle mm. and it's nice, It's so simple uh, and and there's nothing much of of anything you know complicated in there but it's just simplicity done really well, which is kind of why I've always quite liked it. And it's always been fun to play too when I've, you know, I remember playing it in the school band for Christmas concerts and things back mm. back when I was doing that. And it's, you know, it's come up with numerous function setups and things since. So it's always been a, a an enjoyable song and it's uh, an excuse to get Christmassy. Yeah. It's always different when you're a kid growing up and you hear all these songs on the radio all the time. And I don't know about you, but when we're sort of doing our Christmas presents in the morning, we usually put on the top 40 Christmas song thing on the TV or so there's something in the background. And you grow up listening to them and having your favourite songs. And then when you're older and you end up playing some of them and you have a totally different maybe appreciation or or you think, oh, I don't want to play. I've listened to this for ages and... Uh, and now I have to play it, but um, I've always enjoyed it, and it's always helped get me in the Christmas mood. Oh, definitely. You can't you can't not be in the Christmas mood when you have some of these songs on. It just yeah, it just brings the festive. Yeah, and you associate it with the day and everything. Yeah, it's because it's it's weird. It's like how many other songs would you only listen to for four weeks <laughs> of a year? Yeah, you know, or well, I say four weeks of a year. Christmas adverts start now in what october <laughs> yeah. so it's like three months of the year you can yeah. hear them but the, of what you maybe would choose to put them on as it's for us it's usually november december we, you know christmas music's generally going on and decorations going up and all that and it's mm. and i don't know about you that's the same as opening presents whenever we put our tree up we've always got uh you know a christmas playlist or a Christmas CD or whatever on, yeah. While we're getting the decorations out and doing all of all of that, so it's always it's you know a bit tradition and but just it gets you in the mood. Yeah, um, yeah, and getting a, talking about getting us in the mood. Um, one of the great all-time singers, maybe <laughs> or maybe not. Um, with my uh, first pick, um, I've gone for a Winter's Tale, David Essex, classic. Um, and a, it is a, a song. It is a classic, and a song that I am shamefully have to admit that I wasn't aware of till, gosh, I think about five years ago or something like that. And um, talking about uh, playing, you know, Christmas songs and everything. The only reason I was aware of it is because we had to sing it for a uh, a Christmas concert at my uh, mum's performing arts school, and um, you know, proud moment when I got to take the first verse. <laughs> um, do my best impression. I had the scarf and everything. Get in, you know. It's um, what more can you ask for? I think it's it's what I would call a Christmas ballad. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, I think a really good song as well. You know, talking about um, you know, listening when you hear these songs every year. It's one that's I don't think you hear played as much these days, possibly. Um, but I think one of the one of the better songs and one of the best, uh, you know, well written. Uh, Christmas songs and speaking of uh, the writers on that as we did a little bit of research for this one um, I think it was written by Mike Bat and obviously the iconic Tim Rice so you know it's going to be yeah. a good song isn't it? <laughs> of course you've got someone behind many a musical in Tim Rice and then the man behind the Wombles Mike Bat so yeah. it's like you've got this complete musical cacophony of brilliance hmm <laughs> And then David yeah, Essex singing it, so there you go. Absolutely, yeah. And um yeah, again we uh you know, sort of picking our lists and everything, we wanted to 
learn a little bit about the rhythm sections as well behind the songs and found out that it was the the, uh, the great Pete May on drums who am I right in saying toured with Cliff Richard or he, was, he would yeah, name more uh, yeah he was Cliff Richard's drummer for a while uh, Hank Marvin's drummer for, for a few tours and also uh, played on Wicked in the West End among many other things but yeah mm. a real legend and uh, very sadly missed among the uh, the British industry because he was a, a really yeah. really good player and um, also on bass and I'll apologise in advance for any of these pronunciations that I absolutely butcher <laughs> on bass was uh, somebody I'd never heard of before this Rod Demick and um, doing a bit of research learnt that he uh, has toured with the likes of Billy Ocean um, and played on quite a f I think played on most of uh, the album that uh, A Winter's Tale was on um, and it's just a, a lovely song not one that I would call particularly groovy <laughs> but um i think a really good song and a, a nice melody and a, a, a good chord structure and something that you're not um like i say you don't hear overplayed these days on on the radio but it's one that i always end up singing along to in the chorus and yeah it hasn't become a mariah carey or a, um or a fairy tale of new york in, no. in that it gets just played on every radio station and every advert and every shop that you walk into all mm. on loop so it's kind of nice that it's one of the one of the more not obscure but lesser heard yeah uh, but still still a great tune and 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 one that you know we that we like hearing at, at around that time of year yeah and I, I speaking of only um you know these songs only being played for four weeks a year or whatever in some of our households i'm pretty sure um when david essex does play live i'm pretty sure he does play him um, he does play that song at times of the year that aren't christmas as well because um i guess it has a deeper meaning than just about being winter and everything uh the song itself but yeah really good song and um a good rhythm section and, and songwriting team behind it that i wasn't even aware of so and one as well that with it being lesser known hopefully some of the listeners and, and people watching the video can go away and have a little listen and totally disagree with me no <laughs> take in the brilliance is what you mean to say <laughs> yeah um yeah so that's our uh both of our first uh picks and i uh, wonder so what's your second uh... so yeah on to a second pick and, and another one that's kind of it's a classic song but done in a way that that you know it's not the original and and done mm. in a in a different kind of way was um santa claus is, uh, is coming to town but the mm. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band version, which I've always really liked. Uh, and again, it's one of those that you don't hear as often. You tend to hear the original or uh, or the or, or other versions of that song rather than the, the this uh, this classic version recorded live in 1975, as mm. I found out when I was looking into it. <laughs> so you've really got a very, but it has a very live feel about it. You know, you can tell that there's no, it wasn't done in a studio it's got a rawness but also it really just sounds great mm. and um and again which is becoming a bit of a theme for me as i'm sure you'll notice on uh, christmas songs it's got a shuffle feel yeah. <laughs> i think it's just something something about a shuffle feel uh just works at christmas with its upbeat and bouncy <laughs> nature and uh yeah this is uh, i'm just looking down my list three of my five picks are all shuffles so Love a shuffle. That's, we love a shuffle, and um, and yeah, uh, rhythm section wise on this, we've got of course two very long time members of the of the E Street Band, Max Weinberg on drums and uh, Gary Talent on bass. So, mm. you know, you've got a really really solid section there with uh, with the boss over the top. Yeah, I was actually because um, I had heard that version before, but I hadn't heard it in quite like a couple of years, I don't think, and then. We were talking about our lists and everything a, a few days ago, and literally, I think the day after you were talking about this version, it came. We were watching a film, and it was on on the film. And I don't think it was a Christmas, uh, necessarily a Christmas themed uh, film, but um, yeah, it came on. And I thought, oh yeah, good pick, Charlie. Good pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would hope it wasn't a Christmas themed film, considering what time of year it is now when we're doing this, compared to <laughs> when this will be going out. <laughs> <laughs> but we're watching Nativity in July. <laughs> Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> um, you got to uh, you got to slip it in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, on to your next pick. What are you thinking? Yeah, my uh, second pick is a, a song that is one that, again, well, it is played quite a bit, and um, it's not one that we necessarily play a lot in our household, but in the bass lessons that I've had in years gone by, um, I, I know a couple of years ago, uh, the Christmas before the pandemic, I was doing a pantomime, as Charlie mentioned, and I couldn't get a bass lesson in, and my bass teacher wanted me to do this song because it was like Christmas themed, and then he was it kind of it went by and we couldn't get a bass lesson in, and so it was forgotten. And then when it sort was in in between the lockdowns and everything last year, and I started having lessons again, we were gonna do it for Christmas, but then obviously everything happened last year with Christmas, and we couldn't do it. So then we just thought, oh, you know, sod it, and we'll just do it in uh, at, <laughs> in the summer. So um, I sort of, we, we started doing it in our bass lessons and I didn't actually realise what a great uh, bass line this song had. So coming to do this list, um, it was one that I instant, instantly came to mind for me just because of the good bass line and kind of a good groove to it. And it's uh, Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Um, and totally different to my last pick in that the melody's not exactly, you know, I don't know. <laughs> what you'd call a, a fantastic melody or anything, quite unique in the way it's it's sung and almost spoke in a way. Um, but just for the, the sheer sort of groove and one of those rare Christmas songs that has such a good bass line to it. And I think there's there's like chords in it and in the bass line itself. And um, written and produced by Chris Butler, who once again, I hadn't heard of before this, but it was, I think, it was kind of in that era when producers were coming a little bit, becoming a little bit more maybe controlling of it and wanting to baby the piece a little bit. And I think he played a, a couple of the instruments on it as well as writing it. Um, drums again. Apology for the uh, pronunciation. William either Fika, I think, on drums, who I, I'd never heard of. Um, William Joseph Fika, but. Um, yeah, I think a good the drums do lock in really well with the bass on this on this song, and it, one where the drums are really maybe a little bit more reserved than the bass line because the bass line's so wild in it really. Um, and speaking of the bass, uh, it was Tracy Wormworth on bass, who um, I had always heard a rumor uh, before this that it was uh, the great Lawrence Cottle that had played bass on it because it was such a wild bass line and chords and I think it was that era when he was playing on everything um, so it was kind of among the bass playing community talking about Christmas rapping oh it was Lawrence Cottle who played on that you know but I'm here to disavow that it wasn't it was Tracy Wormworth and you um, had that disproved <laughs> yeah yeah um, and uh, yeah she's had a, a quite a stellar career touring with Sting Wayne Shorter Little Richard so you know she's good. I mean, if she's toured with all those guys, and um, I think she's got a musical family as well. I think a drummer and for a dad and a drummer for a brother as well. Uh, one of which I think was on the Conan O'Brien show, like Max Weinberger. Um, uh, yeah, well, Max Weinberg led the band, I think, on that show for a while. Yeah, and then on the I think it was later on the Tonight Show that he was uh, he was band leader. So it's mm. you know a lot of these musicians get about a bit. As yeah, we've, as we found out. Yeah, and um, yeah, so it's a good bass line, uh, really good groove on this song, which is not rare, but obviously, you know, Christmas songs, you don't think of them having a, a great groove or anything particularly. So if you're a bass player wanting to learn a Christmas song and not, you know, something that's a bit challenging, this is certainly one to do that. Um, and you know not not too bad a brass part on it as well and i think all around a pretty a good song and nice groove so that had to be my uh second pick on this one yeah so moving on to third picks let's uh kick this off with uh i think one of our joint favorite uh christmas songs and both of us will mm. admit to being uh chris Rita fans <laughs> so it's uh driving home for christmas yeah Mid Middlesbrough's finest once again. Yeah, it's getting a mention on the podcast. <laughs> and but, I, uh, I allowed, I allowed you to have this pick on. on it, that was my Christmas present to you, was allowing you this pick. <laughs> it was very graciously. We uh, 
which I kind of expected. We both went for uh, for for that tune, and yeah. uh, it was it was it was on both of our lists. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those that that again, it's not overplayed every year. Yeah, but it's one of the more um, one of the more well written of the Christmas songs in a kind of you know it's got a really nice uh, melodic sense and the mm. the way it moves uh, just just flows really well and the, the arrangement of it is 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 brilliant but yeah. and kind of annoyingly but also speculatively if that is a word <laughs> uh, we couldn't find out who played on it so uh, but we were we were speculating it could have just been Chris mm. as uh, he has been known to do that. Uh, from time to time so if you have more info than that let us know but we're we're unsure and um it's uh but whoever did it it's it's a great song it's really well made and and really well produced as well yeah and um and yeah of course for me when i was living at music college in london had a bit of a an extra meaning i remember that coming on the radio when i was driving home for christmas (laughs) uh at the end of one uh, semester down there and and that it was kind of you know after living in a flat for three months and you know didn't bother with any christmas decorations or anything and then when that came on on the way home that's when i really started to feel festive so it yeah. was it was a, it was quite cool and, and of course the song itself was actually written about a journey from london to middlesbrough mm. which which is uh kind of nice and yeah. uh it's uh i mean you can you can understand why you would write a journey about leaving London and then going to going to Middlesbrough because who wouldn't? <laughs> Lovely journey, and I think only Chris Rear could write a song. You know, so many of so- his songs are obviously uh, about driving and being in his car, and only he could write a song sort of about a, a journey uh, in a car and make it you know such a nice song. And I th- was am I right in saying that was sort of off the back of the fall if you think it's over era, or was it a, yeah, a little bit later so. than that? I, I think it was about that time, if if a little bit later. But it was it was one of those that you know it would make sense for it to follow that because he was coming off a very uh, m- again a very melodically written song, yeah, rather than his uh, some of his more raucous stuff. Mm. Yeah, it was yeah a lot more keys and key keyboards and piano based songs at that time which i really i really enjoyed and uh driving home for christmas as well as such a good piano part to it and a great uh, like arrangement a great string arrangement as well yeah and i do Um, love the bridge in there where it just all falls away and then builds back up yeah and it just it moves through some really nice chords and and some re and a really nice um almost scene change before it comes back in with the the next verse yeah and i think it was um uh well you know being from middlesbrough as you are and as my uh dad's side of the family is we're naturally big fans of uh the comedian bob mortimer as well um and uh if you haven't seen the the mortimer and white house uh gone fishing program um it's definitely worth uh giving a visit and they did a I know last year they did a Christmas special which had Chris Rear on for a little bit and I think um, one of them asked that they were obviously at, talking about that song and I think they asked him you know what does it make you think of when that song comes on or what does it, it cast your mind back and and he said it reminds <laughs> I think he said it reminds him of the lovely holiday in the Maldives that it paid for <laughs> <laughs> which you've got to love well, yeah, and he's not the only one who spoke like that about his Christmas songs. I mean, Noddy Holder famously about Merry Christmas, everybody said that it's his pension pot. Yeah. You know, because he earns so much off it every year. Mm. You know, he just, he doesn't even think about spending at Christmas. It's just all paid for. Yeah. It's one of those things, I think, when you get to a certain level, like your Elton Johns and your Paul McCartney's and Chris Rears and, you know, you get to a point and I think the... I've heard a lot of stories of the labels, you know, pre- kind of pressuring these artists to write a Christmas song or to do a, um, you know, a cover of something or just because it sells albums. And I think if they, the artists that have done that and written Christmas songs and not done a cover and actually written one that's 
um, totally original, like Driving Home for Christmas is. It's not really been done before. And then for it to just to become a standard Christmas song, I think that shows the calibre of the artist, actually. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think a really good pick, that one, Charlie. Well done. <laughs> Thanks for letting me have it. <laughs> um, well, are we on number three, are we now? We are. We're on number three. So your third pick. My third pick, and uh, I kind of picked this one because of the history that I have with it. Um, and just because, you know, of the, the great artist that it belongs to. It's Run, Rudolph Run, and it's uh, Chuck Berry. Uh, by Chuck Berry. Is it a Chuck Berry original or is it a cover? I'm not sure. It might be an original. I think it's origi an original, but we say original and I use that word very loosely because if you've listened to Run Rudolph Run and it's, I think, either on the same album or like just after this, the Johnny B. Good, uh, the, the, when he did Johnny B. Good and it's almost ex identical to Johnny B. Good, you know, being a 12 bar blues and just being up a tone i think it is um but it's got some really good uh, musicians on it obviously that era when um you know a lot of quality musicians in the sort of recording industry that didn't get named and didn't get credited um but now you can obviously go and google and, and go and see and learn that bo diddley played electric guitar on it and uh, I think you said something about Bo Diddley, obviously one of the only artists that uh, has his own. He's got a he's got a rhythm named after him. Yeah, Bo Diddley, the, the so, Bo Diddley figure. So, yeah. which is of course come from uh, I think it was Hey Bo Diddley was the first song that used that, and then it's become synonymous with with him ever since, and you know being picked up and used by everyone from George Michael to Jeff Beccaro. Yeah, yeah. So you know if you've got players like him on your records you know you're doing well but um yeah i di didn't know he was on it uh the drummer i cannot read my own handwriting i think it was fred bellow i think was the drummer um uh, again i hadn't heard of him but i think he played on johnny be good as well because it was you know of that era um and also learning doing some research for this we learned that the backing vocalists uh, were a group uh, called the moon glows uh, and a, of course, past member of the Moon Glows was Marvin Gaye. Funnily enough, who'd have thought it? So it all links in. It all links in. Um, but I think I We're think it's a, all it's the a, links in this episode. It's yeah, getting all the links, all the Christmassy links. Um, yeah, I think it's an, a a nice song, and it's again one of those with a couple of these ones that I I have picked. They're not ones that you hear a lot on the on the radio, and this one I. I had heard, but um, the, one of the, the main reasons that I did pick it and ended up learning it uh, of the song um, was another Christmassy gig that I did a few years ago. And um, unlike the, the light switch on one, we were asked to you know play a few Christmas songs at this gig. And being in a band with um, just guitars, uh, you find yourself scratching it, uh, clutching its straws a little bit with, um, you know, trying to find christmas songs that don't rely on a piano or don't rely on strings or brass or um uh so we you know tried to learn tried to learn some and had quite a short period so we learned this one and i think we learned the jingle bell rock but we learned like a funny version of it that just had guitar in it um <laughs> i think it was a hall and oates version or something and um getting to the doing it i think we did two nights in a row at this same a place and um having to play this song about three times in the same set because it was the only christmas song we knew and then doing johnny be good straight after it and people thinking it was the same song because they're almost identical other than oh we're going up a tone <laughs> we're going up um, it's johnny be good with bells on yeah yeah quite literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah it's a, a nice song and one that I, I sort of became aware of because of that. And I've, it's kind of stayed in my Christmas playlist ever since, really. Um, catchy, uh, you know, nice feel to it. Um, and uh, I don't know who the bass player was on it, uh, doing some research. Obviously, in those days, like we say, people weren't credited and it's quite hard to know exactly who played on it. But I do, I think it is the same bass player who did Johnny Be Good as well. 
So if anybody knows who that is, please let us know. It might have been Chuck Berry himself. <laughs> we don't know. Who knows? Um, um, but that's yeah, my uh, uh, that's my third uh, pick there. Yeah, and a very good pick too. You know, um, a, a classic rock and roll song. You know. Yeah. And it's one of those that again I don't think is played as much as it should be. No. At, at Christmas, but it's it's one that we would both recommend listening to, and and definitely a um, uh, one to add to your Christmas playlist this year. Yeah. And then moving on to our. Uh, fourth pick so um yeah to kick this one off and also sticking on the rock and roll t- uh, kind of train if you like is it a shuffle uh, <laughs> funnily <laughs> enough it might be yes it, it is a shuffle um it's uh i wish it could be christmas every day by uh, of course wizard and yeah. uh wizard was kind of the the sum of the split of the when the move split up and went two different directions you had jeff lynn going and doing elo and then Roy Wood doing that for a bit, and then branching out on his own to to set up Wizard, and then um, Wizard are, are of course best known for this one song. Um, but uh, it's again another Christmas classic that I think it was one of those that was always on uh, the top of the pops Christmas special, mm. which I know I was always that was an always must watch television for me at uh, at Christmas time. I mean nowadays it's all just compilations of old top of the pops episodes with some pop stars put in for good measure which is not as good as when it was just pure christmas songs but i suppose that's the times changing but mm. uh, yeah this is uh, this has always been up there with my favorite christmas songs and um i mean just for starters you've got two drummers on it and two drummers on a song is instantly better than <laughs> uh, than most other songs so you've got keith smart and uh, and charlie greamer on there uh on drums and then Rick Price on bass, uh, so it's you know a really really good section, and and it's nice kind of how you can even hear on the track that the two drummers are both playing together at points and then at some point counterpointing each other and mm. and really working well together and you know it's it's just a feel good festive song and I think you know again shuffle upbeat <laughs> you know nice and jolly nice yeah. and uh, and moving and. Um, you know, it's just a, an excuse for a party, but mm. you know, and uh, I mean, I went and s- we were saying when we were put, putting this, uh, putting our lists together uh, a couple of days ago, uh, it reminded me I'd been and seen Roy Wood uh, with his his uh, rock and roll band, which is uh, if you haven't seen them, I would highly recommend going and seeing them. I mean, I I haven't seen them in in ages, but I I must have saw them at I think it was the Billingham Forum Theatre about. Uh, Oh, it must be about ten years ago or something. Mm. Uh, but I remember going to the gig, and it was a really, really good show. And um, even though it was, I think late, early, uh, mid to late no, uh, mid to late October when they were doing that show, they still played this song. Because mm. uh, I think they wouldn't have been allowed to leave the building if they hadn't. No. And uh, yeah, it was great. It's just again, good vibes and uh, and. A really, really w- well-written song by someone who really knows what they're doing. You know, Roy Wood, of course, one half of the move worked on the first Electric Light Orchestra album, uh, which was technically also the move, but wasn't the move because it was just him and Jeff Lynn. Mm. Um, and you know, you know, when you think of all those, all the the the, the songs that came out of that kind of era, you, 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 they really knew what they were doing, and and this is. This is a song that kind of shows that from from Roy Wood and and yeah, it's always been a favourite of mine and and of course the video to, that they did to it uh, originally is just a, a classic, you know. Yeah, I think it's something. Um, just it's I don't think it's a coincidence how many uh, Christmas songs, especially of that era and since. I think when writing a Christmas song, a couple of the things that some people do take into account is either having a shuffle feel or like a bit of a march or a because it gives it that sort of not military but I suppose this kind of yeah yeah it does and and also it's like it's like it's it's kind of that one of those it's not a cliche but it it's it's something that lots of writers go for where they'll think right we're doing a christmas song we're going to have a shuffle groove we're going to have loads and loads of major chords and yeah. really jolly chord progression and we're probably going to put sleigh bells on it 
Yeah, I was going to say sleigh bells. Um, and uh, if you were listening to our jingle at the start of uh, this episode, you'll have maybe noticed that uh, young Mr. Walker over there put a slightly festive twist on it. <laughs> yeah. That's if it makes the cut. No, just joking. If it is. <laughs> Too late now, we've talked about it. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of sleigh bells, uh, my um, fourth uh, pick, another one, and I've now just realised going back over it, um, how many of my, in fact, I think all but one of these, um, you won't really have heard much on the, the radio, sort of this year or... Um, and this one you certainly wouldn't have because uh, it's sort of a little bit off of the, the usual track. Um, and speaking of sleigh bells, it does start with sleigh bells now that you've mentioned it, I think. Um, and it's Christmas in L.A. and it's by Wolfpack, of course, my favourite band. No. <laughs> would it be a Groovecast episode if Wolfpack didn't get a mention yeah. uh, from you? It would. It's <laughs> we're, we're keeping with all the traditions here. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah it's it's uh, again talking about um uh you know christmas songs and songs that only are played for four weeks or whatever you know from a certain point of year this song i think wolfpack play at every concert they do and it's because it's even though i think it was written as a christmas song and it's a christmas themed song and everything um it's about christmas in los angeles and the fact that obviously there's no snow and it's there's nothing really to diff differentiate i don't know why i attempted that word um <laughs> uh, you know there's nothing it's not really um any different than any other time of year other than the decorations you know the weather's still obviously boiling hot there's obviously never any snow um but it's a really like we've mentioned there a jolly song um but one that i had to pick because again thinking of our sort of lists and songs that we listen to i me just thinking personally about um, the songs that um, are on my playlist during Christmas or going in the car somewhere, um, you know, around the December time. This is always on my playlist, even though I listen to it all, all year round anyway, um, just because it's a Christmas song and it's one of those rare ones that has a, a really good groove, a great bass line. Um, and the musicians on it were, I think at the time it was a Wolfpack's sort of original lineups. So it would have been Joe Dart on bass, uh, Woody Goss uh, would either have been, I think, on keyboards or the sort of whirly or the organ that they have. I'm not sure what it is on the on the actual recorded version when they play it live. I think he's on sort of the organ. Um, Jack Stratton on keys as well and drums and singing it would have been Theo Katzman, which um, is and. Uh, I have uh, I know one of the songs that you've uh, you've picked you've seen uh, well a couple of the songs you've seen uh, you've picked you've seen live um, and I know uh, I think it might be your last pick is one that you've seen live and um, um you've mentioned you might have mentioned before I'm not sure and I, this I've mentioned this before having seen obviously Wolfpack live and and they played this one live and they always do if you haven't seen it before, you've definitely got to go check it out on YouTube. Them playing this song, um, they did it at Madison Square Gardens, and they do it at Red Rocks. And uh, Theo gets up from behind the drums and gives the audience a three-part harmony. And they did it live when we were there. And the fact that the audience actually held down this harmony was amazing. And then he goes crowd surfing on getting, you know, carried across three thousand people or whatever. Um, yeah, so. That's I had to pick that one. Uh, great groove, really good harmonies on it, and also just another mention for this song is um, on YouTube. A, a couple of years ago, there were all these choirs around the world learnt this song, and then I think Wolfpack pieced together this video, and it's on YouTube. It's a really lovely video. Um, that it, it's like kids just in their living room, and then all these massive choirs in Germany and Belgium and uh, in England as well. Um, so a lovely song and uh, sorry for picking another Wolfpack give, I had to give Wolfpack a mention otherwise I wouldn't of keep a sponsorship no. <laughs> and speaking of giving people another mention uh, here's another one who's come up on uh, on Groovecast before as we uh, as we well know and um, and yeah my final pick is uh, Paul McCartney and Wonderful Christmas Time which yeah. again is just 
that's how you write a Christmas song, if you ask me. You know, it's simply done. Uh, you know, uh, Paul played everything on it himself, as is the mark of a true control freak. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, he's, everything's just done really well. And of course, as as we were joking before, it was uh, yeah, the the bass and the drums really locked together. Funny that. <laughs> It's almost as if they were played by the same person. <laughs> but um the uh yeah, so it's it it's just one of those songs that I th- I think is is again one of those that comes around every Christmas. It's not the most played Christmas song in the world, but it's one that definitely deserves the attention. And mm. um and yeah, there's uh what can I say? It's again great arrangement, nice nice feel. It's got sleigh bells on it. That's always a win. <laughs> it's got uh children's choirs on it that's always a win for a christmas song <laughs> yeah um and the video of course that they did at the time was wings having a nice christmas in the pub even though the uh which is ironic considering that it wasn't a wings song and none of the other wings members played on it but yeah it was um yeah it's 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 a great tune and um and another mccartney classic and of course as you were you were dropping hints to just uh, a moment ago i have actually seen him paul play it live yeah at uh, at the O2 Arena in London uh, back in 2018 when I saw him at, at I think it was his last gig of the year uh, on that tour in um, and it, yeah, it was a, a mid December night in uh, in London and mm. as we've spoke about on Groovecast before of course he had the great Ronnie Wood and, and Ringo Starr joining him on stage Roger Daltrey was in the audience I think Harry Styles was in the audience for it as well as you do and it was a real um a real coming together of lots and lots of musicians uh, at that gig and it was it was a wonderful gig and for for that particular song um it was uh, i think he invited a, a a kids choir uh up on stage so he had you know he had 40 kids stood behind him singing their hearts out as well and yeah. uh you know snowing in the arena and all that it was brilliant and it was just a really really cool moment uh but again it's not something that he would regularly perform it's not something that's in his set list all year round he does right. it maybe once or twice if he's got a show in december but it's mccartney so kind of a, most of his shows tend to be over the summer or um you know earlier in the year so it, it tends not to get that much of a of an airing but mm. i was glad it did and uh of course you know doing that it was uh his his band played great of course we had Abel Boreal Jr. on on drums, uh, you know uh, I can't. I think Paul was playing bass on it. Yeah. Uh, when they did it, because of course he switches between bass, guitar, and piano at various moments. But I'm fairly sure he had the uh, he had the Hofner on at the time, and mm. uh, and it was uh, was bopping and grooving along, and <laughs> yeah, it just sounded really great. And um, again, it was one of the uh, one of the couple of surprises that night that no one was expecting him to put in the set list and and just again yeah a really cool moment and and one that i'll definitely treasure and i know one that you wish you were there for yeah definitely do um and uh again like we said with the chris rear thing and these artists sort of being asked to try and write a christmas song uh, you know paul mccartney's one of the rare examples of a songwriter who has sort of done everything that you can do in like with music he's done obviously been in a successful band two successful bands you know written songs for films like uh, live and let die um wrote a new s- song for scottish people to sing with mullock of mullock and tyre um and then obviously wonderful christmas time writing a christmas song that then becomes you know one of the most played and and yeah and, and i know yeah, great experience to, must have been to see that live. And like you say, he, I don't, I, you can't, you can try and find it on YouTube. And I think he's only ever played that live less than five times, if that, even less than that. Yeah, I think he did it with Wings on the on the '79 tour, but after that, I think it really got shelved for a while. And it's only mm. come out on occasion if he's doing a gig in, you know, at Christmas time, and. I think he always likes to do it to get the to get a, a kids choir up as well to to join yeah. in. I bet for for the for the the kids in that choir will have been something they'll never forget doing. 
definitely. Um, and then for my uh, my final pick, once again, uh, not w- certainly one you won't hear on the radio unless you're listening to a big band station, maybe. Um, is but, well, just funny you should mention that. Do we know a big band radio? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do we? <laughs> well, you know, if you if you are into your big band. As, as we've mentioned many times before, we've got Steve Walker's Big Band Bash on Coastal Sound Radio every Wednesday. And <laughs> yeah. you can tune into that for two hours of the finest big band sounds around. <laughs> and you might hear Steve, this you can as pay well. me later. Yeah. He can pay yeah. me later for that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Checks in the post. <laughs> uh, and this, uh, this piece and this arrangement is off a really great album, a really good Christmas album. And you've got to go and listen to it if, if this... A particular arrangement isn't your thing or if it's not jolly enough for you there are a lot more on there um, and it's off of Tom Cubis's Christmas album I think it's called Just Can't Get Enough Christmas or Just Can't Get Enough of Christmas um, and it's uh, the piece Oh Holy Night um, and the arrangement of it is just absolutely stunning um, it's got the absolutely iconic Wayne Bergeron on trumpet who has played on ev- absolutely everything you know, everything that Disney's done, you know, Incredibles. Um, I think he was on Whiplash. I know that's not a Disney film, but still worth a mention for the musicians. Um, La La Land, more recently. Um, yeah, he's played on absolutely everything, and it's. I mean, I know it's not obviously a rhythm instrument, but the the trumpet part on this piece, uh, and um, I, you know, I'd be. I won't embarrass myself by trying to guess what uh, note it is, but I think I think it's like a triple high C or something that he plays. Um, and I apologise to all the brass players that are now mocking me. Uh, that handful <laughs> of people listening will be coming for you, I'm sure. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's just absolutely incredible. Uh, bass again. I'm not sure who. There was a couple of different bass players on this album. There was an electric bass player who I think is only credited on playing one or two of the pieces. Um, so my guess is it's this guy, Trey Henry, who I understand is an upright bass player predominantly. Um, and drums, Ray Brinker, I think is his name. I'm Again, sorry for the pronunciation if I've got that wrong. I'm sure you can write in and, and correct me if I am wrong. Um, but the, it's actually obviously a great brass arrangement of it. Um, and there's a really good uh, solo. I think it's the alto sax as a solo in the middle. Um, and while that's going on, there's such a good groove that's really underrated in this track underneath it, and um, quite a lot of syncopation um, between the bass and the kick drum. Um, yeah, I just can't get enough Christmas. Yeah, that is the album. Just looking on my notes over here. Um, and. Uh, yeah, really loved done his research. Proving that I've done my research, <laughs> but not on the pronunciation. Um, um, yeah, really just fantastic piece. And like I say, go and listen to that album because there's so many good arrangements on it and it, it gets me in the mood. And there's a very good uh, YouTube video if you um, go have a look on YouTube, Oh Holy Night, Tom Cubis live. Um, and I think they're just in a very, in a small venue somewhere in, in the States. Um, and I think that's the the video that sort of gave this song its wings, if you like, and um, sort of made it a must be in big band pads. And um, I know when my dad's uh, band comes around for their Christmas concerts, it's one that's usually uh, put at the front of the pad. So um, lovely piece, great groove, um, and top class musicians on it. I, I'm sure I know googling it. There's there's a lot more musicians that deserve mentioning on it, but we just we just haven't the time. But, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, as you say, just another one that's a, a, a hugely underrated version and, and a really nice, uh, a really nice arrangement. So glad that made the cut. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, like we say, I mean, I know with our lists, which we were trying to sort of go for something different with going for groove, which is what we're all about, but also just underrated and songs that we hope that people listening or watching this will go away and listen and. And if you haven't heard it before, especially with some of the picks on my list, if you haven't heard them before, go and have a listen and it might be something that you enjoy and you can add to your um, add to your Christmas playlists and stuff that you listen to on Christmas Day and it, 
and give you something new to listen to rather than just the the kind of same the same stuff that we do here yeah it's 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 a nice difference from the uh from from the just the 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 regularly played christmas hits mm. you know of your your mariah carey's and your shaking stevens and uh, and all of that which is all they're all great songs too uh but it's nice to to, to vary it up a bit and and have a few a few mood changes that certainly hopefully we've we've given you a few a few new uh new songs to check out and um and if there's any christmas songs that you've come across that you think we should check out of course do let us know as always and you can find us at groovecast uk on instagram and facebook yeah and do you want to do you want to give us a quick uh rundown again of your list in case people are just tuning in now <laughs> yeah it's a late time to tune in and i would recommend if you have just tuned in go back to the beginning <laughs> yeah it's worthwhile <laughs> but um yeah a quick rundown of of my list my first pick was uh merry christmas everybody by slade my second pick was uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band version. Third pick was uh, Driving Home for Christmas by, of course, Chris Rea. Uh, fourth pick was uh, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, Wizard. And my final pick was uh, Paul McCartney and Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, so if you haven't heard any of those before or, you know, or you just want to get yourself into the Christmas mood. I hope you're already in the Christmas mood by this point that this episode is out. But definitely go ahead and listen to those. And uh, my list here is... Uh, my first uh, pick was A Winter's Tale, David Essex. Uh, two was Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. Three was Run, Rudolph, Run by Chuck Berry. Four was Christmas in LA by Wolfpack. And five was Oh Holy Night by uh, the Tom Cubist Big Band. So yeah, that uh, that wraps up our Christmas episode, and uh, from both of us here at Groovecast, we hope you have a very safe, very happy uh, Christmas this year, and any year that you may be listening to this podcast. But yeah, um, uh, yeah and normal service without Christmas jumpers will be resuming <laughs> in the next episode come uh, the end of January. Yeah, thank you for listening, and thank you for watching if you're doing that as well. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you.